everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Infection Control Matters. And Brett has started banging on the table. I'm tapping the table this time, Martin. I have to edit that, edit that out. But yeah. we've got a, we've got, I'm with Martin, speaking of the just... and, uh, <laughs> and we've got our guest today is uh, Professor Tom Riley from the University of Western Australia and many other places too. Isn't yeah. that right, Tom? When I'm on holidays and travelling, <laughs> yes. Multi-affiliated. <laughs> That's true, yeah. un- unfortunately. And Tom just uh, gave a nice little talk on C. difficile. And um, your last slide, Tom, in that talk, which you only spent 10 seconds on... I know, I health. should have talked more. One because health. It, mm. it summarises the whole thing. C. difficile and One Health. I mean, in my view, C. difficile is the most significant One Health pathogen in the world today. Um, and is underappreciated as such. So, well, we're going to say what well, the obvious question is: why? But um, yeah. before well, I we get you're going to say, what's one health? Yeah, well, well I mean, go, go yeah, I mean you, you, you clearly know what one health is because you, that's your Twitter name. But yeah. there will be people, listeners, because we have are in multiple countries who are not quite sure what one health is really and how it applies applies to this. So let's yeah. quickly yeah. get rid of that one. One health is this concept that health in general is dependent on the health of not just human beings, but the health of non-human animals and the health of the environment, and however you want to sort of say that. But it really means that they're all interconnected, and you can't deal with one a problem in one area unless you deal with problems in the other areas at the same time. And clearly that means involving certainly the veterinary profession in terms of uh, health and animals, but it also involves environmental health people or environmental scientists to know what's going on in the environment. Mm. Agriculture? Uh, mm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. It's all interrelated. Mm. And and there's no better example than C. diff infection. Now I get to ask why. <laughs> well, because... Um, I guess the, the change that has occurred over the last maybe 30 years, and, but it's probably going on for longer than 30 years, is the fact that a lot of the antimicrobials that we, I don't mean me because I don't prescribe drugs, but a lot of the antimicrobials that have been used for human infections are now being given to animals, particularly production animals. And, and not necessarily to make them better. No. Um, in, in many countries, it's, uh, it's illegal to use antimicrobials, certainly some antimicrobials, for um, prophylaxis. But, in other words, you give the whole herd these drugs to stop them getting something. It's certainly illegal to use antimicrobials as growth promotants, mm. which has been an issue in the past. Yeah. Um, but when that was banned, lo and behold, they found it really didn't have as much impact as they thought it was having. Um, but the way vets are allowed to prescribe antibiotics for a particular issue, they've got a problem animal or a problem chook or chicken, um, but the way they've got around this is that they've invented something new, which is... Which is the term to describe it is metaphylaxis. And no, this is, this is not a joke. Metaphylaxis is when they give the whole herd some drug. Okay. Because they've, they've got one 
animal that's sick and they think the whole lot are going to be sick. So, for example, um, if you've got a farrowing shed that's got 300 sows in it, um, and what have they got on average? Somewhere between 10 and 15 piglets each. So there's a lot of piglets in there. If one of those piglets gets a bit of diarrhoea, then the farmer thinks, oh, it's an antitoxigenic pathogenic E. coli and all my piglets are going to die. Every one of those sows will get a dose of keftifur, which is the you know, veterinary equivalent of keftriaxone. And so all those little piglets get keftifur in the mother's milk. Mm. And so that creates this massive problem. Mm. And then all that C. difficile that comes out of those animals goes into, I, I guess, the piggery version of a sewage treatment plant, um, which, as we all know, is very difficult to kill, kill C. difficile. 95% of the C. difficile that comes out of any animal, human or non-human animal, um, that's infected with C. diff is as a spore. It's not vegetative, so it just spores last forever. Yeah, and so that means then the environment is contaminated, um, and every, all animal manure. And I'm being a little bit over the top, really, but you know, animals certainly that have been treated with antimicrobials will have a lot of C. diff in their gut, mm. and so now C. diff's the most common cause, for example, of diarrhoea in adult horses, particularly racehorses, because they get a lot of antibiotics, um, because uh, the big selling point of Keftrax, and of course in humans, was you give it once a day, not four times a day, and everyone loved it for that. Mm. But vets love it, in particular equine vets, because once a day means they've got far less chance of the horse kicking them in the head <laughs> when they jab a big needle in them. You sort of see the motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, like I said, um, C. diff is the most common cause of diarrhoea in, in adult horses now. So just closing the loop on what you've just said. So, so swine and, and other animal groups, they might have some exposure to antimicrobials. They will have some C. diff spores. That'll go out into the... Uh, into into their waste stream, and one of the things you talked about in your talk was that waste stream then ending up in fertilisers and various other things that are sure. used. And 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 what's happening now, of course, is um, the other big problem group of animals, I think, is dairy, in, or the dairy industry, um, and it's not just treating bovine mastitis um, to keep. Uh, bobby calves, in other words, if you are unfortunate enough to be born with testicles, if you're a little cow, the dairy farmer doesn't want cows with testicles. And so generally they keep the, they get a gulp of colostrum when they take them away from their mother. Um, but infection is a big problem, so they often get a, a dose of um, keftifur, uh, which keeps them alive for the week or two weeks, whatever it is, they, before they're taken away for slaughter. Um, so that means that manure from any of those animals, pig manure, horse manure, cattle manure, if it's coming from dairy farms, it's all full of seed of seal. And so, particularly here in Western Australia, the, the soil is so bad. We don't have soil here. We have sand. Mm. And so everybody has to enrich the soil. And what do they like doing? putting animal manure in it. And, mm. and that's what happens. So, and you found it in multiple places. Absolutely. 
Because um, going back in history, human manure was used quite a lot for that. Because oh, of course, certainly where and I still live, still is. Yeah, now where I live in the in northwest of England, uh, you know, the, tr- the train loads of human manure from Liverpool used to come and fertilise all the fields that we're currently Absolutely. growing. And, and that still on. happens in yeah. many parts of Southeast Asia. Mm. Um, human manure, and, and, that, and that's why we get these outbreaks of you know, hepatitis A in berries because the ground has been fertilised with poop, poop, mm. human poop, human poop. So, so that's the big problem, um, and you know, the the if you want to know how C. difficile is transmitted, and I know people laugh at me when I say that, but it's like the old mafia or FBI line, you know, follow the money. Well, it's not follow the money, follow the shit. And if you follow where that animal manure is going these days, that is how C. difficile is getting round. Mm. Um, so in Perth, for example. All the roll-out lawn. You know, nobody likes to sow seeds these days. Well, it takes too long. It takes too long. Mm-hmm. They want instant gratification, so they want roll-out lawn. And so all the roll-out lawn in Perth is grown on pig manure. Um, and so I've been out and sampled the roll-out lawn, and it's like looking in a plate from a patient who's got pseudomembranous colitis. I mean, it's absolutely covered in C. diff. Nice yeah. place to have a picnic then. Oh, <laughs> no. And, and my, my if you, again, if you look at the rates of disease in Perth, the highest rates are in the new suburbs. And the, the age group that is um, at greatest risk is women of childbearing age, 20 to 40, forgetting community-acquired C. diff disease. Mm. And so I picture all these women lying out on their <laughs> new lawns because they're at home looking after the baby... Um, rolling around, literally rolling around in C. diff. Now, I don't, you know, it's not going to stay there in that lawn forever. I mean, you get a few big doses of rain, it's eventually it's going to wash through. Mm. Um, And I've I've looked at old lawn, and you you can't find anything in old lawn, but new lawn is just full of... I mean, would the UV exposure from the sun affect Yeah, and look... Because you have some sun here in Western Australia. Just a tad. Um, Some... But, but UV, it, it will knock some of those spores around a bit, but it's not going to kill them all. No. Um, so you, you might reduce the count by one or two logs. But okay. But it's long exposure, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but you've been sampling veg. Uh, yes. And, 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 and people know if they're handling things like chicken and uncooked meat to wash their hands afterwards, but potatoes are not generally thought to be a no, no. to health, unless and, they're absolutely. green and uncooked. Um so we have this thing, I think this is Australia-wide, I don't know if it's worldwide, but we have this thing called brush potatoes. And brush potatoes are potatoes that have not been washed and they've got the dirt on them. And brush potatoes last longer than washed potatoes. Mm. So people like buying brush potatoes because it's a bit more economical. Um, my concern has been that... And, and if they're grown in soil that's been contaminated with animal manure, and a lot of it is... Um, then people wash those in their kitchen. Mm. And although I think we've talked a lot about um, there being a risk of consuming C. difficile, I don't think that's the risk at all. I think the risk is washing those potatoes, for example, in your kitchen and you contaminate the kitchen and unless you're using some sort of hypochlorite or whatever to clean your kitchen... (laughs) Um, maybe you know the the mothers of these newborn babies have got lots of Milton around, and that would maybe be a good thing, because that will kill off C. diff. But 
Um, anytime I talk to somebody who is highly immunosuppressed, like any sort of haematology oncology patient, um, I, I always say don't, because they go out and buy fresh vegetables because they think that's good for them, and then they clean them in their kitchen and it contaminates the kitchen. And we've been we've done sampling. Ten percent of the kitchens we sampled were contaminated with C diff, including organic. Yes. Okay. Particularly organic, <laughs> in <laughs> fact. <laughs> and, and again, um, some of these patients, that's what they go out to buy is organic mm. vegetables because I think that's better for them. Mm. But in this case, I don't think it is. Mm. Now, we could probably talk all day, but I think you, Martin, need to go and give a talk. At, uh-huh. at, at, in three minutes. In three minutes. Yeah. So we better wrap it up. I think that was a really great example of, of One Health. Yeah. And Cedar Facil is a great example of of that One Health approach and needing to consider all those different aspects. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a big circle though, isn't it? Yeah. It is, like the diagram how, I just showed you. Yeah, how do you, how do you break it though? That's the, that's the issue. Ah, well, yes, that, that's a very good question. I mean, the first thing we have to do is stop putting those sort of drugs, cephalosporins, how can you put cephalosporins into production animals? Mm. It's just stupid. Somebody needs to stop that. Mm. Um, and if you'd stop that, I think eventually you'll find... It'll wash through. Yeah, it, it'll... Literally. It, it, the, the numbers will drop down. I think the numbers have built up over the years, but now it's not going to go away in, instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of those hair ads says, it, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Mm. Yeah. Well, you can just change case definitions, in which case you haven't got a problem for CD. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or you can just ignore it, as many yeah. people are in, yeah. in this country. Mm. I think too many people. Okay, thanks very much, Tom. Really right. appreciate your time. Thanks, Tom. Always nice to talk yes. to you two gentlemen. And unusually, <laughs> not about cars. So. Well, no, <laughs> that's true. But I'm happy to do one on cars as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be here all day for that. Let me take my fork. I'll take your fork and I'll wrap up. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this latest edition of Infection Talk.